Hello and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug and these are my acute mental neuroses. Let's get right into the list you cannot see. Uh, we'll just start with steady BACN work. Um, I have been getting better about working on fear illustrations and working on Kathy Hammond, things that I've been dragging my feet on, procrastinating on, overlooking to some extent. There's, there's that. Uh, I put another two pages into a Kathy Hammond edit. Really, by the end of June, I should have all the edits done, um, and Deb and I will be working steadily on kind of the um, secondary stuff for that and be castings. We can cast as I write. That's not a big deal. So hopefully Fear Agents and Kathy Hammond will get back on track for both a, you know, possibly fall... Uh, or winter for both, winter releases. But hot on the heels of getting back to work on everything is kind of the meat of this episode. I can never be satisfied. And which is not a bad thing. I mean, it means I'm always thri uh, striving even. Uh, striving to better things in my life. But um, it can be detrimental in that like, I add stuff to my to-do list as opposed to like getting things done. Um, I, I always am tinkering with fear illustrations or logos or the website, especially the website. Deb knows I'm very OCD about the website. And once in a great while, I'll be like, we're going to overhaul it. And she's like, no, just tweak it. Some are big tweaks, uh, like changing how it looks, or um, I'm going to be going through our shows page and really looking at possibly cutting down the shows that don't exist yet um, to kind of clean that up, but at the same time, I want kind of a coming soon uh, aspect to it. So I'm gonna try to figure something out. Ooh, I know what I'm gonna do. Okay, done. I want better things. In as much as that, uh, yeah, I want them, but then I get them and I don't want them. Uh, and it's not, it's not being ingracious or anything like that, but it's like, I go, well, I should dress better, and then I go, yeah, but if I did, I'd never wear the shit, because that's not who I am, I'm, you know, I'm not a collared shirt guy, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I wouldn't say dockers by any stretch, um, but you know, like, I'm, I'm not gonna dress that way, because I'm a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy, so it's one of those, in my brain, I go, oh, this is what I want, and then it's like, you know, in reality, that's not what you want, It'll never be what you want, uh, and if you got it, you wouldn't want it and wouldn't utilize it anyway. So, it's one of those, I'm having to reconcile uh, what I want with who I am, and that's something that's very important to, I think, should be important to everyone, is going, well, you want to be this or you want to do this, is it what you want? Is it who it, you truly are? So... I'm dealing with that, you know, metaphysical, philosophical, uh, ethical quandary. Uh, I don't think ethics, maybe. I mean, I guess it could be. Do I want to just straight up murder people that annoy me? Yeah. But, you know, that's not who I am. So I guess ethical. Morality. Yeah, sure. Okay. Turns out ants don't have lungs. My little uh, ipso facto thing from last week where I was like, well, they have hearts and they have goo and they must have lungs. They totally don't. Should have Googled this before I fucking went off on it uh, on a podcast that's on the internet forever. It turns out they breathe through their, like, porous carapace, 
Um, I'm not looking at this right in front of me, so I'm not going to get into the science of it. But yeah, it turns out it's like they just absorb like their, their skin, their carapace, uh, their crunchy outer shell. Uh, if you were to imagine ants as M&Ms, which is gross, that's how they breathe. They, they take an oxygen through there, and I guess expel whatever they expel. Like I said, I'm not looking at it. I'm not going to get into the science of it. Um, yeah. Ants don't have lungs. Fuck. Uh, lastly, and I thought this was over last week, and it's not, uh, the last two albums of my, like, influential albums, uh, and I did get re-tagged, and I'm gonna be posting on Facebook, um, albums that are specifically hip-hop or rap that were, you know, influential or my favorites. I'm not gonna do that here. Uh, once I get through these two albums, that's it. No more music-y stuff. Uh, I might mention the list in its totality next week. And just go da 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 da, but there won't be any like there's a section uh, applied to it. And if I were to change the show to Mighty Fine Cup of Spiders, which I had actually started working on the logo like in earnest, this would be a glass half empty because this would be me getting stuff out. Glass half full is stuff that goes into me. No, this would be glass half full. I'll figure it out if and if and when that big change ever happens. First, uh, AM by the Arctic Monkeys. They are a relatively new influence on me, uh, but when I was talking to Deb about how I kind of rediscovered them, and they're amazing, and she was like, really, Arctic Monkeys? And I went, it makes total sense, because I listened to Jets to Brazil and Jawbreaker, uh, very poetic, uh, articulate lyrics uh, and singers, um, musically very much in my wheelhouse, that kind of dirty British bar rock. But even their older stuff before they went kind of psychedelica, uh, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, so, but AM, man, that album, every song on there is a single. Um, whether it was in Britain, whether it was in the world, uh, whether it is just when you're listening to it, every song stands alone as a single. There's only been like maybe three or four albums where that's really true. One of which by a band I absolutely loathe called Pearl Jam. Uh, and I can't remember if it was Verses or Ten, but every song on there was literally a single released and a hit. It made me sick. Uh, lastly, and this does wrap up the uh, list you cannot see as well as the influential albums, so there you go. Uh, and Out Came the Wolves by Rancid. This was, once again, you see this a lot on the previous episodes and earlier on the list, a lot of that, you know, early 90s, mid-90s punk and ska and swing revival uh, that really kind of changed everything for me. I mean, it gave me an outlet for my teen angst and my rebellious attitude and my anger at the system, uh, as well as just shaping, you know, who my friends were, uh, what kind of music I would listen to further on. Uh, I would explore deeper and get into, you know, The Clash and Lou Reed and Chrissy Hine and The Pretenders and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, looking at the influences of my influences uh, but And out came the Wolves. I'll tell you right now, when I was in bands in high school, and out of high school as well, but mostly in high school, my first band was a punk band, and I and I played bass, in case anyone's wondering, uh, and sang terribly. And not like in that like cool punk, terrible, like where it's unironic. Uh, it was, I was a shitty singer at the time. Uh, but out, and out came the Wolves. I literally listened to that and wrote down, like, 
verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, verse, chorus. Like, I went through that almost that entire album and broke down, like, the structure of, of a punk song trying to find the the core idea of it. Now, and that didn't work. Um, it ended up taking the guy from Weezer, uh, River Como, I think his name is. Um, could be Perry Como, for all I give a shit. Uh, where he actually worked out the mathematical equation for the perfect pop song, which I think is ridiculous. Also, why all their songs sound formulaic, because they literally go along with a formula. Um, with Rancid, I mean, it was kind of all over the place. Uh, Maxwell Murder is a song that's a minute and a half. You can't dissect that, and there's a massive bass solo. Most songs are not a minute and a half and have a massive bass solo in them, though that bass solo is amazing. Way to go, Matt Friedman. I believe it was his name. But yeah, I mean, I deconstructed And Out Came the Wolves by Rancid, um, and this was a band that went on to put out terrible albums, like uh, Indestructible, and there's another one in there that just sucks. Um, but Lars Fredrickson went on to, to put out his own stuff that was really great. Tim Armstrong had, I think, the only good album with the Transplants is the first one. I don't know if it holds up. If I listen to it now, would I like it? Probably not. Um, but then again, I'm not a huge fan of that DJ who I think died, and Travis Barker, the drummer from Blink-182, a horrible band who I wish had died in that plane crash. But yeah, and out came the Wolves, hugely influential in how I l looked at music um, as as a commodity, not something to be sold necessarily, but as this thing that I could break down. Um, to a quantum level to understand it very much my nerd brain, which is you know, generally just nerd brain, uh, where you love something so much you break down to a quantum level to understand every little aspect, every little iota of it. And this album really sparked that in terms of music and punk and, and all of that. Didn't even look at the lyrics at, at that point. I really didn't have a, an inkling of, of becoming a writer at that point. Uh, I was more focused on becoming a, a rock star. Um, and that didn't happen either. So, and on that note of my dead dreams, uh, this has been Damn, Doug's Human Neuroses, uh, it's the show, and I'm Doug, and so forth and so on. Good night, Internet. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and no applause, just the clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.